0: Hello and welcome back to the podcast, and a special welcome to our new listeners. This is the second half of my conversation with Josh on the Enneagram. You can find the first half of our conversation in the earlier episodes of the Undefined Podcast on Spotify and Google. In this episode we discuss the wings, desires, and fears of each number in the Enneagram and why they're important. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of my conversation with Josh.
1: Okay. Now, I am of the camp, okay. along with Richard Rohr, mm-hmm. that everybody has both wings. And R- Richard Rohr is? Richard Rohr is a Catholic um, father. He's an expert. Everybody sees him as an expert on the Enneagram. He's been teaching it since like is 1916.
0: The Franc- He's the Franciscan monk?
1: Oh, boy. I don't know. Is he? I, I think he might. he might be. He just wrote a book called The Universal Christ, which is which is amazing, but he's a philosopher and a thinker and a, and you know and yeah. he loves the Enneagram and I his book was the first one I read on the Enneagram and I've read multiple since I still think it's the best book I've read on the Enneagram.
0: What's the name? I
1: think of? it's just called The Enneagram. It's by, by <laughs> Richard Rohr. Rohr is spelled R O H R, and uh, I would highly recommend. He sends out a daily email. Which is just full of like roar thinking. Yeah. This deep stuff that just makes you want to. And he ends every email with door. I think I'm trying to remember what he calls it, like the doorway to awe, or the, which is just a question or a thought that he just wants you to sit and just sit in for like 10 minutes. And, and, man I, I skip a lot of the email a lot of the times because it's so long it's like how do you do this every day <laughs> but and then but then I always go to that one to that thing at the end because man it's just amazing stuff it's just to, just to sit and ponder even as a even
0: as an atheist I still listen and and read Richard Rohr's stuff because that dude yeah. he's he, just from the point of like philosophy mm-hmm. So he's so consistent, and it's so it's so good, and it, a lot of it's really refreshing, to just read, yeah. so or, or listen to because he's got oh, he has lectures on on YouTube, uh, over the entire enneagram where instead of just like an hour long podcast or or two hour long podcast no he's
1: doing an hour on each number an hour yeah. on
0: each number and he goes into depth of like everything and
1: yep I've watched them all
0: yeah <laughs> so. He's really good. I would recommend anybody to yeah, look sure into that. that. Yeah,
1: I mean, on anything really, but on the Enneagram, he's wow, he's an expert. And then there's there's a million podcasts out there, but Susan Stabile
0: mm-hmm.
1: wrote a book called The Road Back to You with Ian Crone. Uh and that's an Enneagram book. Great book, really, really good. Um, I'm trying to remember, there's another one.
0: There's a big one that I got from uh, half price books that Callie has now but it's a thick like textbook and it's got a dove on the front yeah. and it was one of the better ones that I I read but it was it was like more of like a textbook type of thing and it went to everything real real explained everything really well I'd recommend that that one have fun finding it with yeah. without the name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a big book. It's a textbook. It has a dove on the front. It's big blue. It's about the Enneagram. Yeah. There you go. That's all you need. The
0: crazy thing is I showed you how big it was, but people can't see it. So,
1: <laughs> yeah. His fingers were roughly an inch and a half apart. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is why you need to make this video podcast. Right. It's the same. Okay,
0: so. This is actually a pretty good, like, that'd be a good setup. up. Yeah, we just need cameras. Yeah.
1: Um, Where was I? The
0: wings, Wings. the wings, yes. Wings.
1: Roar says that everyone has both wings. And the wings are just the numbers on either side, left or right, of your number. Okay, so you can't be a one wing six. It's not a thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, You can say... I'm a one and I have some six tendencies. That's fine. I mean, and the guy, the, the, the neuroscience of the Enneagram, that book that I just read, I think that's what it's called. Um, uh, interesting book. I didn't, wouldn't necessarily recommend it to everybody cause like half the book is like, so how do you, it's, it's detailed instructions on how specific numbers can bring out some of the other, uh, numbers and anyway, but his whole thing was the brain neuroscience wise the brain is capable of all nine of these every brain right but the way that the brain works is we have repeated pathways and the more we do the same thing, the more neural pathways are built right are you familiar right. with neuro- okay so the more the same thing is repeated, it becomes this like highway of neural activity and he said the the with the enneagram we build specific neural pathways and that be, kind of becomes our number is because we flow in this one direction but the brain is flexible enough that we can build other pathways and he's talking about how to do that so if you if you f- want more four energy in your life say you're a 7 and you want more four energy in your life there's ways to do that. He talks about how to do that. So that that's a very interesting thing. But it was kind of made for a boring book. <laughs> right, right. If I was wanting to do that, if I was like, if I was like, you know, I really need more three energy, which is funny because no nine would ever ever say that. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know, then I could go to this book and figure it out. All right. Wings. So it's just the numbers on either side. Yeah. So if you're a one, you have both nine and two. Okay. If you're a three, you have both two and four. Right. But one of those wings is going to be more prominent, especially right away. Yeah. As you grow more into your number, you really grow into both of those wings. But one of them shows up first. Mm -hmm. And so that's when people say, like, like you said, I'm a four wing three It just—it's just that your three wing is more mature than your five wing, yeah, right. Um, But you really have both; Uh, both of those live in you, right? For sure, yeah. And then there's another thing, which is how a number would act in stress or in health. Okay, which is where we get into. um, It's much more easier to talk about this one. When I can point to the enneagram, uh, to the actual uh, uh, thing, because the where the lines go from number to number when they cross the star, yeah, helps you to understand how a number will behave in stress or in health. So as, so I'm a nine. Mm-hmm. Both of my lines go to three and six. Okay, um, in health, I'm going to pick up three. I'm gonna the positive sides of a three of a three nature, which is like that the, uh, the belief that I really have some agency in the world, the ability to kind of to pick up the and 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 shine, yeah, you know, yeah, and to be a a, a person that achieves things,
0: right, right, right.
1: As as a as a th- as a nine, as I grow, I'm gonna pick up more of those pieces. Those are gonna be a part of me. But as I, when I'm in a bad place, when I'm stressed out, when I'm insecure, when I'm whatever, I'm gonna pick up six tendencies. And not just all, not, you know, the bad six tendencies. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna feel serious anxiety. I'm gonna be constantly overthinking everything. I'm gonna, you know, that's kind of where I go, right? The more stressed I get, the more of six I pick up. Yeah. And each of the numbers has that. I don't have a chart with me, so I can't really yeah. like, um, and it would take forever anyway. But yeah. but that's <laughs> if you look at the Enneagram, that's kind of how it works, is the, the, the lines that are attached there. And you can find any Enneagram chart on the Internet. They'll show you, you know, this is where it goes in stress, this is where it goes in health. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really helpful to understand. Oh, when I see this thing, which isn't very much like me, kind of happening in my life, it's a sign that I'm not in a healthy place. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm overthinking everything, nines don't overthink anything. We just, yeah. that's just not who we are. When I'm doing that, man, I'm really stressed out and maybe that'll help me figure that out. Cause I process everything as anger. Remember? Mm-hmm. So this is a sign that I'm afraid, which can broaden me out. So I'm not angry. I'm afraid. And I need to think of this as fear. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So it helps me to understand um, myself, but so that's wings, and then the other—I forget what that thing is called—where it goes to different numbers. Yeah.
0: I. The, th- the thing is, is that when I started trying to figure out what I was, no one could really figure out what I was because I'm so much of a four. four?
1: Yes. Um, I was gonna say that happens a lot with fours. Yeah.
0: So I was like, I'm pretty sure. I'm a five because I love to learn about everything. Sure. I love to learn about anything and everything that is, is there to learn about that is slightly interesting. Right. I've, I've, I'm going to learn about it and and pick it up and, and I'll go spend way too much time learning about it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, um, I was like, okay, maybe I'm a five. But I never actually, like, for a second there, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm a five wing four, guys. Um, and the only person who really was like, no, you're four, like, the whole time was my mom. Mm. <laughs> Surprise. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> but, um... I just, it was one of those things where if when I learned more about, like, the wings and stuff, I was like, Oh, okay, yeah. Turns out I am just a four. And even in that moment, I was like, everyone thinks I'm a four. But I'm actually a five, which makes me the most unique of all. So you can't get me. And I was like, growing up in my family, like people also thought I was an eight. So I was like, maybe I'm just four, five, and an eight. So take that, guys. Um, take it.
1: Screw you, Enneagram. Yeah. I'm I'm way too unique to be any of your numbers. Exactly.
0: I was like, maybe maybe that's just how it is. Maybe I just don't fit into your. <laughs> <laughs> i don't fit into your puzzle
1: it said every four yeah. ever and then i looked
0: at it and i was like oh wait a second looks like you just gave yourself the answer there but <laughs> that's like and then it makes sense because there's the three and the and the five and i both of those are
1: yeah sometimes finding your wings is what helps you figure out what number you are yeah that was really true for me because i really resonated with one and i really resonated with eight mm-hmm. and it was like uh and it wasn't I, but nine kind of hides because nines yeah. do what's called enmeshing, which means whoever we're hanging out with, we kind of take on some of their stuff, energy. Yeah, yeah. So that <laughs> because we don't really have an understanding of who we are, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, um, we do that. We pick up other people's numbers, and so whenever every time I took a test on the internet, I would what would show up was whoever I had hung out with before I took that test, which is like, I'm a two, and then I'm a five, and then i was seven, and then I'm a six. You know, it's like, this doesn't make any sense. And it wasn't until I heard somebody walk through the numbers the way that we just did, starting with the centers first, right, that, I, that it really clicked for me. I am definitely in the instinctual center. That's for sure, because significance is absolutely the thing I care about way more than security and way more than belonging. I care about. Yeah. I care about significance. That's important to me. And then the eight and the one really, and I was like, dang it, I'm a nine. Yeah. (laughs) Don't Don't want to be a nine at all. But that's another thing is if one of these numbers embarrassed you, you're probably that number. That's a really good clue. (laughs) If you heard it and you were like, oh, I really don't want to be that, well, guess what? You probably are. Yeah. Uh, uh, especially nines do not enjoy being... Nines? Well, we don't enjoy being uh, revealed. Right.
0: Okay. <laughs> I uh I had a real... Because while well, I was trying to figure it out, and this points to my true number, now I can see that, but it was each number has, like, the primal, like, fear. Yes. And I was reading through, the like, through statements for each one of, like, fears that are there. And some of them I was like, those aren't me at all. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them I could empathize with and be like, yeah, no, I felt that. Like, I felt that a lot. lot. And I was like, well, I thought this, like, the fear thing would help me. And I should have, I mean, I can see it now. That now that I know, that's sort of how I operate. Mm-hmm. Um, a four can just be like look at those things and be like, yeah, no, I get all these. No, I feel I feel all these, but in the moment I was just like, because they
1: feel everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, it, it's-
0: yeah, that it's one of the, it's it's a nice thing to learn about more about yourself because that's almost like. There are times where I don't want to do that at all. And knowing that I can look at a person and, and when they describe how they're just, I mean, how they're feeling. If a person describes how they're thinking, I sometimes like just can't get it, but if they describe how they're feeling in the most like simple way possible. Yeah. Odds are I've just realized that I can look at that and be like, okay, feel this for a second, like feel how they're feeling. And it allows me to actually talk to them as a person yeah um, but when people can't do that either I'm like um <laughs> what do we do now <laughs> <laughs> but those primal fears are I forget it was in that big textbook yeah. where it went over each of them
1: I mean we could talk about that I'd have to figure I'd have to pull it up on my phone to see because I don't remember all of them but um Because that is another way. That's another really good way of of honing in on what your number is. It has to do with fear and what's your what's your primal fear. What's the thing you fear more than anything else? Um,
0: They put them those statements and they go through each one. And some of them, some of them are just kind of like make me a little sad, like reading them, uh, because it's just like it's more of going into it like a uh, I don't know, it's like philosophy, philosophical structures for people, but like everybody has these fears. Yeah. And growing growing up, you know breaking out of the idea of oh these adults all these adults around me know what they're doing and they aren't like they know who they are. Yes. That's one of the biggest Things that I've learned in the past couple of years, where it's like, oh, these are just people. Everyone around me, they're just a person, and they have fears. And when you realize that about your parents, especially, it's like oh, you're like yeah. <laughs> your mind, your mind just explodes. And you're just like, oh, my parents, they're just people. They're they're like me.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's that's not that's not fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to see your parents, especially. I mean, the numbers that hit me the hardest the first time I began to study this were my parents' numbers mm-hmm. you know because I'm looking at my dad who's a three and I'm watching him walk through the nightmare of any three yeah. <laughs> and 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 I did not understand why this was so painful for him until I began to understand this aspect to his personality and that is it's like it's the worst thing you could do to a three yeah. is what's happening to him right now and it needs to happen and whatever but there's no way to make this better. Yeah. This is literally his nightmare. And oh my gosh, it just killed me. It really did. So, all right, I've got the list of fears here. We can do that if you want. Let's go through them. Okay, basic. So we'll do basic desire and basic fear for each number. And we'll go through the same thing that we, the same. So we'll start with twos.
0: So okay. are we, we're doing desire and then fear?
1: Yeah, I'll okay. do both of them. Okay, so the basic desire of a two is to feel love.
0: And this isn't the, the heart this is in the heart center
1: mhm and this is specifically the two so they need to feel loved that's their basic desire and their basic fear is the opposite of that is that they themselves are not lovable that's their fear they they believe or they have this innate fear that they're not lovable at all and so they do everything they can do to prove that they're lovable And isn't that painful? Oh (laughs) my
0: God. I was sitting there. I was like, are we we ready for, are we ready for
1: this? (laughs) (laughs) It's so tough. It's so hard. Okay. A three, the basic desire is to feel valuable. Yeah. Okay. Um, and their basic fear of course is that they are worthless. (laughs) Right. Ooh, That's just, that's so hard. They honestly, like in their worst moments. You know how it's like the worst thing that can happen to you is that your greatest fear about yourself becomes... Realized. That someone says that that's true. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Like, um, you ever, did you ever watch Friends?
0: I don't watch. I mean, I watched a little bit of it, but...
1: Okay, because there's this... There's Okay. Just, just do it. So Ross and Rachel, right? You know yeah. Ross and Rachel. Right. Okay. And there was this... They were kind of like... Ross was in love with her for the whole first couple seasons or something. And then, and then while he's gone, he's actually in China or someplace, she, Rachel finds out that he was, has been in love with her this whole time. And then she kind of falls in love with him. But he's not there. Right. And when he comes back, he's got this, a girlfriend that was with him in China.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And they're really serious. And, but then he finds out that Rachel's in love with him now. So somebody tells him the stupid thing of, well, make a list, like a pros and cons right. list of each person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and so he does because he's an idiot. Yeah. And then, of course, Rachel finds it. Right? And she says to him something along the lines of, how would you feel if someone had written down on a piece of paper all the things you hate most about yourself? Like confirming that they're true. Yeah. And I always thought about that. as was like, oh, that's the scariest thing ever, right? Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's not do that. Especially if it's someone you care about. Oh, my goodness. Well,
1: exactly. And when we talk about these basic fears, this is the thing that they are deathly afraid is going to be acknowledged to be true about them. Right. Right. So So for the two, the the one one thing thing they can't bear is the thought that they might themselves be unlovable. unlovable. Yeah for a 3 the one thing that they can't bear is the thought that they themselves might be worthless
0: it's crazy how the how our insecurities as people are reflected back out it's and once you start seeing those patterns and puzzles i guess looking at people mm-hmm. and how they respond to the world or how they treat people they care about seeing that like little pinpoint where it's coming from yeah, where it's like, oh, you're really taking care of me because you really love me, but I also see it's because you want me to love you too. Yeah, right.
1: So. Yeah, it doesn't invalidate their love for you, but at the same time, they need reciprocation. Yeah, they need and that. And that's okay. They need that response. That's yeah, that right. yeah. Okay, so fours, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Probably. Bas- basic desire is to be uniquely themselves. Yeah. Right. Right. So the basic fear is that they are not unique at all, right? Right. That they're just like everyone else, and they have no identity or significance.
0: No, I feel that. um, the The thing is, is is that like I also uh, when I was reading through them, the three fear and the four fear, and then uh, when we go into five, all of them were like hitting me. Yeah. Um, But I just went through like a breakup with someone who um, we both loved each other and we cared about each other. That's one of the reasons we broke up. Yeah. And we've been dating for a while and it got to this, it got to this point where my insecurities were screaming at me like mm. two weeks after the breakup. Cause I was like, Oh man, I really, I like what my insecurities were saying. These aren't true, but what my insecurities were saying was, Oh, I'm not worth anything to this person like why wasn't i special enough for this person to there there it is yeah why wasn't i special enough for this person to why didn't they recognize that right is this true about me and then it was just like that one little thought popped in for a second and it went nuts it just just, of course spiraled me i was like oh my what is happening i was just like what is going on why is this happening to me it was uh yeah it was just one of those things where i really had to wrestle with my own self-worth and right and, and try to love myself as best i could and i still am trying to do that but it was just like when you get something that even that i know she doesn't believe that about me right and i know that's not true but even when something got a little bit close to it like not even it's, it's just like the the butterfly flapping its wing barely touching it and I'm like oh come on it's just like so, I'm like I thought I was further along than that <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so tough and it's and exactly yeah you'll be totally fine and then something that you thought you were you thought you had processed it you thought you were through it and all of a sudden it's just like oh there it is oh it's uh, no it's still there oh my gosh it's so hard and it's yeah
0: yeah and it's just one of those things you have to process especially i found that if i process it with a person who is in the same sort of center as me they're like they can understand it a lot better Right. right yes i they're like one of my buddies, because I had ta- I was talking to him that night. Because I, well, that was like the smart thing to do. It was, buddy. He he was like, because I was thinking of all these terrible things. And I was like, and he was like, "Why are you punishing yourself, man?" Yeah. And I was, and I stopped in my tracks. I was like, "Oh, that is what I'm doing."
1: That's exactly what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. And it's crazy how just a person who cares about you, just saying one of those things to you mm-hmm. can stop you mid mid like spiral.
1: Yeah. And and bring you back. But that's, that's why we need each other. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Okay. Number five. Yeah, let's go to five. And this is the basic desire or the deepest desire and their deepest fear. In the head
0: in the head center.
1: This is yeah, we've moved to the head center now. Uh for number five is their their deepest desire is to be competent, capable to have mastery, right? And uh, their deepest fear is helplessness.
0: Yeah. <laughs> those three fears in a row, they'll get me, man. <laughs> They're so true about, like, I feel all of those so deeply where it's like, oh, goodness. If you get any of those spiraling three together, oh, boy, it, it can be rough. It could be a rough night.
1: <laughs> it, it will be Indeed. <laughs> I, I mean, it would, I'm a nine and I and I feel it, yeah. you know, it's like, ooh, that thought of a complete and total lack of agency, like there's nothing I can do about this. Yeah. That, ooh, that is just tough. Yeah. That's really, really hard. Yeah. Okay. So okay six. Uh, their deepest, deepest desire is to have support and guidance. guidance. Mm-hmm. Okay. And their basic fear is to, is to not, is to be alone. Yeah. yeah have no help uh yeah yeah that you've got to deal with this by yourself
0: right Ooh. you're on your own there bud
1: yep that's tough man that's <laughs> really hard yeah. uh, i'm telling you what this the enneagram is ruthless yeah yeah it is it's just like
0: shut up don't see me i i <laughs> i love when i first read them um I loved, but also really didn't like how to the point those things were like it just they don't hold back. It's like they're, they're not even if this were anything else, they would be talking all around it. There'd probably be a paragraph. It's just like, no, here it is. Read it. Deal with it.
1: Boom. There you go. <laughs> I'm just going to lob this grenade right into your heart and say go. Oh, my gosh. OK, so seven still in the head center. Mm-hmm. Uh their basic desire is to be satisfied and content. Right? And their basic fear is to be trapped in pain.
0: Yeah. Ooh. That's a rough one.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh man. That was really hard. Yeah. We're getting closer to my number so yeah. I'm warming up. I can feel it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's weird like I can my because my I had a person that my my ex was a seven. Yes. Um, and we were so close. I can f- I still feel that pain for her when we talk about those kinds of things because it's just I saw how that impacted her. Right. And it's just they're scary. They're kind of just, they are. They're fears. I mean, they're supposed to be scary. Well,
1: well yeah, they're fears. These are real fears. These yeah. aren't like you know spiders and clowns, right? right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What's your What's your fear? Oh, I'm afraid of clowns. No, no, no. Are you afraid of being alone forever?
1: Being <laughs> trapped in pain? Yeah. Answer me that. Of having no individuality? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, eight. Their basic desire is to be in control of their own life and destiny. Yes. Yeah. Be in control. Be in con- I'm in control. Their basic fear is to be harmed or violated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to have no control. So you can see why, if that's your basic fear, then you become a control freak. Yeah. Right?
0: Because <laughs> if I'm in control,
1: then no one, this one can... This will never happen to me or anybody else again.
0: No one can hurt
1: me if I'm in control of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a big deal. Okay, ready?
0: Uh, ready yourself, take a there deep I
1: breath. am. Okay, so nines. Okay, their deepest desire is to have inner stability and peace of mind. Peace, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. Tranquility. Serenity now! (laughs) Okay. uh, All of these 90s television shows. Did you ever watch Seinfeld?
0: I've seen some of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things. The least serene person in the show is told when he's feeling out of control, he should just say serenity now. (laughs) And and so it just becomes a joke because he, like, yells it at the top of his lungs. Serenity now! Okay. um, I'm just trying to avoid my fear is what I'm doing right now. The deepest fear of a nine is loss, fragmentation, and separation. Yeah. Where peace means we're all operating together in a place of harmony. Mm Mm-hmm. Lost, Lost means, means you, you leave me. That's why I, That's want, why I want peace, peace is because I want, I don't want to people to leave me.
0: Yeah. That togetherness um, is important. Yeah.
1: As a pastor, that like th- the issue of people leaving the church is like somebody taking a sledgehammer to my, to my rawest nerve. Yeah. Um which as a pastor, people are going to leave your church. It's gonna happen. Right. Right. There's no way around it. But that's oh, nothing. I mean, that really is hard for me. Yeah. Because it's just my worst fear is loss. Mm-hmm. That that our relationship is gonna to come to an end. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really hard. Okay, let's move on. Uh, ones. Okay, their basic desire is goodness, integrity, and balance. Right? They want to be seen as righteous. Yeah. So their basic fear is that they are truly underneath all of that corrupt, and yeah. imbalanced, and evil.
0: Yeah. Those honestly, like as far as like intensity goes, <laughs> it's those gut ones. The the that body center gut center those fears where it's like it's 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 kind of funny because it's like in the emotional center it is all like emotional like dancing romantic (laughs) like it's it's sad and that is romantic and then in the gut center it it feels all those fears sound like someone is punching you in the gut that is the that's one of my interesting things about it
1: yeah well and the thing that I've been so, one of the things we didn't talk about, but that that center number of each center, the middle number, so 9, 3, and 6, is the most ensconced by their number. Like, that's yeah. their whole universe. But also, they tend to be disconnected from it, yeah. unaware of it. It affects them the most. But they have the hardest time pinning it down. It's like, you know, the fish where you're like, how's the water today? And they're like, what's water? Yeah, exactly. Because they're so surrounded by it that they can no longer see it. And this, that's the way it is with those center numbers and all the numbers. And so my body affects me more than my brain and more than my emotions. But I am more disconnected from my body yeah. than any of the other numbers. I'm more dramatically infect, affected by my body, but I am less aware of my body, <laughs> which is so sick and twisted. Right. But I remember uh, the first Enneagram actual conference that I went to. Mm-hmm. Um, your mom sat at the same table with me, actually, at that. Um, my wife and I had come to town, and we'd live about an hour out of town. Yeah. yeah. And we decided, you know, let's make this a weekend away. So we were just here and we decided to spend the night here rather than go back home.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so we were we were talking about some things and I was thinking about this issue of being so affected by my body but so disconnected. And my wife was talking to me about something not wholly unrelated. Right. And I noticed that my body was freaking out. Like I was physically reacting. But I wasn't emotional about it. And I wasn't really even thinking about it. But my my body was reacting. And I realized, oh my God. Like, yeah, okay. I I just got a glimpse of it right there. That there's so many times where I'll be experiencing something. Mm -hmm. But... And maybe everybody else is aware of it, but I'm not. Like, they're aware that I'm experiencing something, but I'm not aware that I'm experiencing it. Like, yesterday, when I almost got heat stroke and (laughs) almost passed out on the beach, right? Yeah, It was was my family going, Dad, you really don't look very good. I didn't even recognize that I felt bad until they said something to me. And then I was like... Oh boy, I really don't feel good. yeah, it was just <laughs> it's like I oh, don't everything's getting a little bright, you know <laughs> and its so it's just and that's the same thing with with threes I've seen so many threes who are walking through incredibly deep emotional waters. They're just being thrown around by their emotional reality. but if you ask them how you doing, they'd say they're fine, yeah, and they mean it, yeah. It's like you're not fine, yeah. I've had that conversation with my dad I don't know how many times. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you're really upset about this. You're really angry or you're really sad or you're really whatever. It's time to pay attention. Right. And it's really affecting you too. It's not that that this is happening without, I mean, you aren't noticing it, but it is really affecting you. Yeah. And he went through uh, a time where, he He went he had a total physical emotional breakdown that lasted almost a year where he was not able to work at all yeah for and it was forty years of go go, 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 go go, yeah, and then he just crashed and burned for twelve months, and th- leading up to that moment, he would tell you that that came out of nowhere, that breakdown leading up to that moment myself and multiple others who are close to him had said to him, you're not okay. You are emotionally unstable. You're, you know, you need to do something about this. And he didn't hear it at all. And then all of a sudden his body quit on him. And then he had to face this stuff and he had to walk through a lot of counseling, a lot of whatever to realize what had been going on. He had no idea.
0: Yeah. That's one thing about people. That's so interesting. And it's one of the newer, one of the newer like uh, methods that I've been using with people um, and myself specifically. But it's this, people are great at taking care of other people. Yeah. And they are terrible at taking care of themselves. There's, we're so bad at it. It's it's We're so bad at it. And there have been multiple times in the past couple of weeks where I've met people who they're wonderful at, can i can i help you can i take care of you what can i do to be there for you but they're bad at taking care of themselves and i have sat down and talked to them and i've been cuz i have that same sort of issue and i go okay i need you to do a thought experiment with me imagine that you are someone that you care about and you're in the same exact situation that you are in right now what would you tell that person to do? Yeah, and and then they, you know, they say it most of the time. They go, "I." Uh, they they get this look on their face, like, "Oh, oh, yeah." Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, Chuck, yeah. I, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes they'll answer it, and I'm like, "Okay, now do that for yourself." Right. And it's interesting how many like of those kinds of methods or coping mechanisms that sound so simple and sound so like for me, I don't, I, I'm not a huge fan of them because it's like, I should be able to figure it out on my own type of Mm -hmm. thing. But Mm -hmm. those simple, simple things can really give you insight into, I need to take care of myself and love myself. And I don't know, Maybe it has to do with being a man. Maybe it has to do with how I grew up. It's probably both. Mm-hmm. But it's it like is. loving yourself or complimenting or being proud of yourself were all things that were looked down upon. And I never truly learned how to do. And I'm learning how to do those things now. Right. right. And any, I mean, this ties into the anagram because that's part of it. Because it's right. like, it's okay to have compassion for yourself. You don't like if you mess up on something, the, this is what helped me get out of a out of this spiraling hole is I was like I'm going to focus on doing one thing, and when I do it, I'm going to be proud of myself for completing that thing, and I'm going to be compassionate to myself when I fail. And it completely flips things around for people. And I think
1: yeah,
0: just the Enneagram also ties into that whole Situation,
1: yeah, it absolutely does, and this gives us just having the understanding of who we are, yeah, and of some of the things that we walk through. Being able to predict <laughs> how something's going to affect me helps me deal with it. Mm-hmm. Being, able Being able to, to recognize, recognize, oh, this is this is, ha- this is what is happening. happening to me, yeah, gives me it because so many times we're just something is happening. And we don't really have a a grid for what's taking place. Yeah. You know, and the Enneagram really helps with that. Well, this is who you are. And so this emotion, yeah, this is what's going on with you. You know, and just being able to think through these kinds of things, to see them in other people and to see them in ourselves and to, you know, get some, uh, some helpful ways forward. Yeah you know, out of that place. Yeah. You know, I mean, part of, part of the issue of recognizing and valuing what I, what I bring to the world and whatever, that's, I think, part of the, the mistake in the Christian world of uh, really trying hard not to be proud. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, because pride is a sin and, and yeah, pride's a, bad thing when when it becomes haughtiness, yeah, when it yeah, becomes right. uh, con- to, you know, some to be conceited when it becomes. Sure, but having a sober awareness of the gifts that I carry, of the things that I do well, yeah. of the things that I understand, I think that's almost as important right. Right. as, like, living in this place of humility. And so that may be part of what's at what's made it difficult for you mm-hmm. to to be able to say positive things about yourself because you don't want to be a proud person right, right? Um, and I totally understand that I feel the same way uh, uh, it's more it's not so much for me recognition of the things I'm capable of or whatever as it is, I don't want to be perceived as proud. Right. Or yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> cause you know, I, I um, some of the time I'm kind of happy about who I am. So yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. And it's one of the interesting things is as I meet people who have a healthy, relationship with themselves
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they especially men. I mean there are women out there too who are good examples for me, but who can pretty much tell themselves, be confident in themselves and in a healthy way and say, you know, I am good at this. Yeah. It's like I'm not rubbing it in your face. I'm not I'm not one upping you. I'm simply saying I'm good at this and I'm proud of myself for the work that I put in. But that doesn't mean I can't learn more, you know. That doesn't. Right. It's proper humility, and I would say I grew up with a toxic humility. Not not that I was taught toxic humility; it's that no. I no. taught myself that.
1: Well, it it's definitely a part of church culture. Yeah, yeah. it absolutely is, um, uh, and I don't i I don't see that coming from from your family of origin right. at all. Yeah. But I can definitely see it happening in in any church situation where, mm-hmm. you know. Anybody that's, uh, you wouldn't stand on a stage and be like, "I'm pretty good at this." Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like, look at me, again. People yeah. would be like, "Yeah, uh, well, he thinks a lot of himself, right?" Right, right, right. <laughs> and so, so it's hard to it's hard to do that in private when you wouldn't be doing it in public. But yeah, I definitely see, yeah, that there's a there's some of that.
0: Well, um, let me ask you one more question. Yeah, I, yeah. We've been going for a while, so I mean, sure. we can always do another one and sure. uh, and have a great conversation, no matter what. But I am trying to end each well. I am trying to end each podcast by asking my guest, if you were in my shoes as the host of this podcast, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you?
1: Oh boy, that's interesting. I'm a nine, so I don't...
0: (laughs) I'm going to force you off that fence. I'll force you off that fence.
1: That was... Uh, I can't think of anything that we didn't... I mean, that... I think we touched all the major Mm -hmm. themes. Obviously, there's so much detail and there's so much more we could have said. And I'm already thinking about, you know... Even the de- the descriptions of the numbers I gave were so thin. Right. You know, you know um, we could have really spent yeah. an hour easily on each one of these numbers and both the beautiful things and the not so beautiful things that come as a part. Um, so I don't know. I can't think of any other questions that I would, that I would have asked me. All right.
0: Well, that's fine. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, Josh. For oh, it's been so much fun, man. It was an awesome conversation, and maybe we'll, we'll do some something more on this in the future, or we'll just have a different kind of conversation. Or
1: yeah, I'm always up for a fun conversation. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening, and thank you to Josh for coming. And we'll it's a pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.